anointed preacher, but we're here to meet with God. So I just want to encourage you, press in. Press in. That means just yield your heart towards Him. Focus your attention on Him. If you can't feel His presence, cry out and ask Him to feel you, Him to touch you with His presence. Lord, we are longing, God, for you tonight. Lord, we're hungry for you, God. We're like that dry wood. We're like that dry wood. We're desperate for a touch from you. Lord, let your fire fall upon your hungry people tonight, God. Lord, even those that are that are drenched and wet, God, with the different cares and the things that distract us from the world, let your presence fall upon them. Let it let the fire of your spirit come and melt away and evaporate all that that apathy and lethargy, God, hopelessness and despair. Come like fire tonight. Come, Holy Spirit, like fire tonight. We need you, Lord. We're desiring your presence tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead. Just keep worshiping, Micah. I 
at the end of the month, but God just put together a great team, and I want to take time right now to lift up our youth, our next generation. Uh, Hope, Haggerty, why don't you just come up here? Can you just lead us in prayer for our, our youth? Dear God, I pray that, Lord, you just begin to stir in the hearts of the youth, Lord God, in this church, Lord, and I pray that, God, as we start this new thing, Lord God, that you would just branch out in this entire valley, Lord God. I pray that as this starts, Lord God, you would start a revival in the hearts of the youth, Lord God. Reveal yourself, God, to them in an all-new way, Lord God, and God, a tangible way, Lord God. And I pray that we would all, Lord God, fall completely in love with you, Lord. And I pray that your presence would so invade our services, God, that, Lord, you would call all of the youth, Lord God, to come, God. And I pray that you start in our hearts, Lord God, and you start in the hearts of our youth, Lord. That this new beginning, God, would mark a roadmark, God, in this incredible journey. And we would look back to this, God, and say, that's when it started. That's when God started something new, Lord, God, in the Matthew Valley, Lord. And I pray as the new school year comes, Lord, God, that you would just bring a huge change and revival and sweep through this place, Lord, God. Sweep through the hearts of the youth in this valley, God. Thank you, Jesus. Now grab hands with somebody across the aisles. And uh, Reverend, can you lead us in prayer? Thanks. Father God, we thank you again for the opportunity to be in your presence tonight, Lord Jesus. We thank you so much for the power of your Holy Spirit that is moving in this place even right now. Lord God, all this day, all this day, the presence of the Lord has just been hovering over this place. And not just this place, but Lord, you've been hovering over the hearts of your children. Because Lord God, you want to do a mighty thing in our lives. Lord, you want to do a mighty thing in our lives. You want to move through us mightily, and we thank you for that, Jesus. So right now, Lord God, the person on our right, the person on our left, the people all over this place and those online, Lord, I pray right now that they just begin to sense your presence. They begin to feel your touch. Lord, you begin to raise people up. You begin to heal them, Lord God. You begin to quicken their spirit with your word. You begin to bring revelation from your word into our lives, Lord God. And right now, Jesus, we just call on you. And Lord, we say we want to be in position to receive from you. And Lord, we just pray for the rest of this service. Lord, we give you complete control. We just turn ourselves loose in you, Lord. In your precious name, amen.
would love to stay in this place for a while, but I want to give as much time as possible to our guests so we can pray and prophesy and preach over you. So greet somebody in the name of the Lord tonight. Say hi. online tonight pastors online right now hi pastor hi babe <laughs> so 
if it's your first time worshiping with us, can you lift up your hands so we can welcome you and have you fill out a prayer request? First time visitors. Okay, we have some back here. Let's just welcome them in our King's Chapel way. Uh, one, two, three. God bless you. Thanks for coming. A lot of exciting things going on. Uh, I encourage you to get a bulletin there in the back. The most exciting thing to me is is that Pastor will be be back on Sunday. Woo! That's exciting for me. Okay. Um, and we also have a uh, real membership class. It's a three-hour class done by Pastor Morocco, our senior apostolic leader. Uh, if you want to find out why we're the crazy Holy Ghost people that we are and how we got that way and the history of our church, um, you can take that class. It's amazing. And even if you've taken it before, it's great to refresh. It's all on church history and different things like that. It's a great class. You can sign up at the iDesk out there. And lots of exciting things. Early morning prayer is Tuesday through Fridays, so 530 to 630. And... Lots of other exciting things going on. You can grab a bulletin. Amen? All right. Well, we're going to take our daily seed right now, which is not a debt that we owe, but a seed that we sow. And we're believing God for a harvest. And we're believing for a harvest of righteousness. Up, soul saved. Just kidding. Harvest of soul saved. A harvest of righteousness and a harvest of blessing. Amen? And if you need an envelope tonight, you can put your hand up like this. This seed goes into the soil of this ministry to push the vision in Alaska forward. And right now we have a church in Anchorage, for those of you who don't know. And we have a church in Delta Junction. And they're both doing well and growing. And we would like to open up more. And maybe God's calling you to rise up and be that pastor that goes out. Amen? No amens on that one. All right. We'll pray harder. <laughs> We're going to pray harder. How many of you are praying for, our, for us to get a church building in Anchorage? Anybody praying? Yeah, we got about four people. That's probably why we don't have one yet. But uh, we are praying. We need to believe God for our own building. We're so thankful to be uh, renting the facility down there from Skyline Church. We want to have our own building. I believe in God it will be before the snow flies. All right. Well, uh, let's stand up and reach our hands towards our community. And Crystal Rappi, can you come and lead us for the Daily Seed? Father, we thank you for the seed, God, as it goes forth, God, that you just plant a harvest of soul saved, God, righteousness, blessing. We thank you, God, and we are eager and expectant, Lord God, for the great things that you're going to do as we plant our seed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm in a fight, not physical. I'm in a war, but not with this world. You are the light that's beautiful. I want more. I want all that's yours. Yeah, I'm joy unspeakable. It won't go away. Just enough strength to live all the day. So I won't ever have to worry what tomorrow will bring. My faith is on solid rock. Cause I'm counting on God. I'm counting on, I'm counting on God. I'm counting on, I'm counting on God. I am counting on, I am counting on God. I am counting on joy unspeakable, joy unspeakable, it won't go away. Just enough strength to live for the day, so I 
can be seated. I'm going to talk to you a moment about the tithes. Uh, we are going to be taking a special offering for our guests this evening. So if you're going to give only once tonight, you want to make sure you do that. And all the checks and everything are made out to KC, and then we'll give them one check. But turn in your Bibles to Ecclesiastes 11, verse 6. It says, In the morning sow your seed, and in the evening do not withhold your hand, for you do not know which will prosper, either this or that, or whether both alike will be good. Everybody say, sow seed. Sow seed. Amen. You know, um, Pastor and I, over all the years of, that we've been serving God, um, whether we were in the ministry or not, have tried to sow as much seed as we could into all kinds of areas. Because it says right there, you do not know which will prosper, either this or that, or whether both alike will be good. All over the place, when you sow seed, you're going to get a harvest. Right? So we just try to give as often as we can and provide as many opportunities for you to sow seed as well. Because, I mean, into um, offerings, into missions, into our daily seed, we give you as many opportunities as you can. You don't want to miss an opportunity to sow seed so that you can get a harvest. Amen? So we're going to um, be sowing, like I said, at the end of the service, some seed if, um, to our guests. So you're going to want to be mindful of that. And um, if you need an envelope to put your ties in tonight. Just lift up your hands. Again, Pastor sends his greetings from Maui, where he's suffering for Christ. <laughs> we feel so bad. Poor Pastor. <laughs> Just kidding. Um... And uh, he's got a great report to bring back. And I know Jan um, Jan and Mandy have been over there, too, and just getting their world rocked. I encourage you, if you ever have a chance to take a trip over there, it's a trip of a lifetime. But it is just so powerful to see that we're not just a church here on the corner in a little area in Wasilla, but we're part of a vast network of 62 churches all over the nation. And it's just such a privilege. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you, God, that you supply seed for the sower. Lord, and you're so faithful. You supply the seed. And God, I ask tonight as, as your people tithe, as they give tonight, God, that you would prosper all the seeds that they've sown, that they sow. God, that it would bring forth a great harvest. A harvest would come forth. God, all the things they're believing you for. Lord, we thank you that you're able to do exceedingly above and beyond all that we could ask or imagine. Bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers. Angels in chorus Joining my song You are my glorious You are my God Like you were my private 
Praise the Lord. You can never say enough good things about people when you're trying to give them an introduction. So I this is Pastor Mark's rifle. A lot of you sat under his ministry this morning and he, he their family is like family to us. I don't know the whole rest of the family that well, but we know our brother has been here and thank you for coming. Amen. Thank you. And sorry to tie you up with All right. Come on, they're giving me a leash. They found out this morning he needs a leash. And so they're leashing me up. Watch out. Man, I'll tell you, this this place, your pastor knows how to work hard. You know, he he preaches here, and then he has to drive to Anchorage and preach, and then he comes back here and preaches again. I'll tell you right now that your pre, your preacher knows how to work. And uh, so so he needs a pay raise. And so, no. Um, and, his, and his wife said what? Amen. Man, I'm I'm excited to be here. My my Aztec warrior princess sends her greetings. My my wife, I have two of my daughters over here, and one of them is paying attention right now. The other one is on the ground playing. And uh, wave real quick, Braxton and Brady. Wave real quick, and they're hanging out with a Haggerty uh, Spanish edition over here. And uh, so it all fits. They're they're a brown haired brown eyed young ladies over here. I call it estrogen terrorism when they're not around. When they're around, I call it the estrogen-enhanced version of the male. Because God made the rough draft, and then he made the final copy. Because he says, oh, you know, it's not good that man's alone. He'll never get to where he's going if I don't provide someone who will ask for directions. And so, <laughs> and all the women said, amen, and the men said, shh. Okay. And I'm excited. I I I, uh, I want to teach tonight, and I don't know if it's uh, I don't know what to call it. I, I I think I can maybe call it the corn maze, the tightrope, or the bullseye. Um, and and I want to talk about, you know, here's the thing. I went to Bible college, and uh, just found out Sterling's going to go to the same college I graduated from. Great school, and and uh, I was the resident assistant, and while I was there. I had uh, two young men that were dorm roommates, and, and uh, you know we kind of put them together because they were both were unique. That's a nice way of saying they're weird. And and uh, we put them together, and and we knew the we knew <laughs> one of them. His name was Matt, and he was about a four foot two, uh, curly haired, red headed kid. I think his cousins were married. His parents were cousins. I don't know. But he's just a little different, okay? And he's from Arkansas. Not that everyone's from Arkansas is weird, but this kid was from Arkansas, and he was weird. And, uh, and he's about four foot two. And then a six foot seven guy from, like, mid- the corner of Tennessee and Mississippi, I think. And, uh, and he came, and he was just as weird, but he was six foot seven. So we put, and his name was Matt, so we put Big Matt and Little Matt together. That was, and, and they went by Big Matt and Little Matt. We put them together in a room, and, and Little Matt had gone through three roommates the year before. People like, just please don't let me have, you know, please. And, you know, finally he had a room by himself, you know. And, and so we put him with him. And uh, Big Matt uh, knocked on my door one night. I was an RA, resident assistant. And, and I, he, he, he said, Mark, can I come talk? I said, sure, come talk. And. I sat down on my bed. There's only one chair. It was by my computer. So he sat on my chair. I sat on my bed. And he just says, he says, I've got some really good news, Mark. I said, what? God told me.
told me who I'm supposed to marry. I'm thinking, uh uh-oh. I said, who? He said, Kathleen Pitcairn. Now, Kathleen happened to be the prettiest girl at school. So I wasn't sure if it was God who told him or his hormones who told him, okay? And so I said, he said, I'm going to go tell her. I said, no, you're not. I said, God is a big God. He hung the stars, named them. He, I mean, he painted the sky. You know, God's a big God. Don't, you know, if God told you, he's going to tell her. So just become the man of God that she would be desperately in. I mean, just that she would. So don't tell her. And I prayed, oh, God, give, you know, give him strength. And I prayed. And then little Matt, two days later, knocks on my door. I said, Mark, can I come talk? I said, sure, come talk. He comes in my room. He sits on the chair. I sit on my bed. He goes, Mark. God told me who I'm supposed to marry. I said, no. Really? (laughs) He said, yeah. I said, who? Kathleen Pitcairn. Same girl. Now, at that time, I was making a judgment call. I'm either at the wrong school. I should be in Utah or... Perhaps these guys haven't heard from God. I picked the latter. They haven't maybe heard from God because I don't think BYU is where I was supposed to go. And so, um, I, I started going on a journey. How do you, and, and if, if I can be honest, I, I am Pentecostal all the way, okay? I love, I love the moving of the Spirit. I love the prophetic words. I love everything about Pentecost. Anyone here with me? We love Pentecost. That's why we're here. We embrace what happened on the Acts chapter 2, you know, verse 4, on the day of Pentecost, the flame of fire. And, 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 and I, I fully embrace the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I embrace, I, I love the gifts of the Spirit. I love all that. However... God's will is not, and let me just, I'll make some statements, and you can fully disagree with me, and you can go home and read and study and read the Bible, all this. God's will is not the proverbial corn maze that some of us, some of us Pentecostal people make it. That God's, God puts a bag on our head, you know, you, you ever get, been to summer camp where you put a kid, and, and, you, and you give a kid a bat, and they have, to, they have to do 28 circles around the bat, and then try to run straight? No, God, God doesn't put like a, a bag on our head and spin us in circles and then say, go for it and make us walk through some corn maze, half drunk. And, and if I just make the right turn, I might make it to the other side. But may, I, I, can I, can I, yeah, God's will is not a corn maze. It's also not a tightrope. Well, if I just walk. Just the right way. I'm not going to fall. And by golly, if I just make one small little move, I'm just going to miss God entirely and mess my whole family up. And it's not a bullseye. Now, with that, turn with me to a couple verses. We're going we're, we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna read one. I, I, I kind of want, and it's, it's more teaching tonight, and, and we'll probably have a little bit of fun because I think it's a sin to bore a human being. It's even more of a sin to bore the church. Romans chapter 12, and you've probably heard this verse, you know this verse, and, and, and I, 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 I might dispel some myth tonight or, or, or open, some thing, open some eyes up or let the pop-up storybook come open. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, therefore, and whenever you see the word therefore, you ask yourself, what's therefore, therefore? 
And right before it, you know, Romans chapter 1 through 11, Paul is waxing eloquent with theology and all that God is and the law versus grace and all this stuff. And, and then he gets into chapter 11, verse 33, and he says, Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable. And in verse 36, For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be glory forever. Amen. And then he says, Therefore, in light of how amazing God is, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Amen? We're living sacrifices. The scary thing about a living sacrifice is it can crawl off the altar whenever it wants to. Verse 2, do not conform to the world. Don't be morphed. In other words, to, to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let me just say something right now. You can use your mind when it comes to knowing God's will. We're going to see that here in a second. The whole thing is you present your bodies as living sacrifices. This is holy and pleasing to God. Don't be, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test... And to prove what God's will is. Now this is where some of us get hung up. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, some people say, well then that shows you there's three levels of God's will. If you, if you find it through the corn maze, you might get to the perfect will, or you might miss it and get to the good. Or you might get to the pleasing if you're really lucky. Can I tell you something? God's will is all three of those things. It's, it's good, it's perfect, and it's pleasing. Okay, it's not this certain thing. If you shoot the right way, you're going to get the bullseye. And, and if you miss it, you just may, you're just going to live in the good will of God. And I, I, I remember meeting someone once. I wanted to slap him. He says, well, Mark, I think I just missed God a little bit. I've got his good will for my life with the wife I've got. I probably, I, I probably sh- you know, I married her. I didn't exact. And I'm thinking... My wife's good, perfect, and pleasing, and she was the choice I had. And I could have been married to a lot of different people. But I chose my wife, and I chose to live in a life of purity with my bride till death do us part. I don't have to second guess later on if there's a fight going on. Oh, maybe I didn't get the perfect one. No. If we, here's here's where we as believers stumble, or not stumble. The biggest challenge we have is this: we as Pentecostals want the perfect peace, I don't know how much peace Jesus felt in the garden. When he's sweating drops of blood, begging his father to take this cup from his lips. Or Abraham felt, oh son, it's not a problem. As, as for a couple days he's marching up a mountain with his son, knowing there is no other sacrifice. I don't know how much peace he had. See, we, David said, you see, here's the thing. 
We can't trust our feelings. David said, why so downcast, oh my soul, put your hope in God. What's he doing? He's talking back to his emotions. He's saying, I can't, the, the Bible says your heart is deceitfully wicked, who can know it? If your heart's deceitful, that's scary. Your heart is the seat of your emotions, right? If the heart is your seat of the emotions, and emotions come from that, and the Bible says your heart's deceitful, what can I tell you? That your emotions can lie to you. Oh, I just don't feel, this doesn't quite feel right. Well, does, but what does the Bible say? I've had young people come to me, a youth pastor, for a long time. And I quit praying. I, 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 I can't tell you, I, I did 10, 10 camps this summer for several years as an evangelist. And I'd, I'd go up and say, how can I pray? I just, would you pray? I want to know God's will for my life. I don't know if she's the right one or he's the right one. And, and, and God, just pray. I said, do you read your Bible? Well, not really. But I, I just want to know what God's will is for my life. Is she the right one? Is she the right one? I don't know if I should go to this college or study this. I don't want to miss God. Do you read your Bible? I, I just want to know what God's will is. I'm thinking... I'm going to pray you read your Bible. Because the last time I heard and learned this, this is the will of God for your life. This thing right here is the will of God. In fact, let me say, see, see I, I believe there's three types of will. Three types, not like good, perfect, pleasing. The will of decree. God has decreed things in this word that are his will. You don't have to pray if purity is His will. In fact, we have this big movement where we ask kids to take a, take a you know, pledge for purity. And I, I try to say something. The church needs to take a pledge, pledge for purity. What we're really asking kids to do is take a pledge for abstinence. But God never asks us to, be, to have abstinence. He asks us to have purity. Purity is for a lifetime. Abstinence is for a period. The will of decree. The type of person God wants us to be is in here. The type of spouse God wants us to be is in here. The type of wife that God desires for women to be is inside this book right here. The type, the, the type of husbands that God has decreed for us to be and want is in this book right There's a lot of things He's written inside this book, but I'm convinced that most of us sometimes don't want the will of His decree as much as we want, I'll get to the third one in a minute. The second part is what I call the will of desire. There are things God desires for us to do that we can choose to do or not to do. But it's His desire because He knows it's our best interest if we do that. Does that make sense? There's the will of decree, which is the Word. The will of His desire, which you find inside the Word. And then there's what I call, this is what most of us get hung off on, what I call the will of direction. Well, God, I don't know if I should do this or do that. And I think God's up in heaven going, I don't really care. But I don't want to miss God. He's not at the post office in the missing section. He's not on the milk carton. See, here, here's, here's the thing. What, 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 you know, I, I've met way too many believers who are like, Using, and, 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 and I'm stepping out, and, and I got a leash, and so I can only go so far tonight. But, but here's, the, here's the challenge that some of us have. As believers, we try to couch this, this whole will of God and act so spiritual when the truth is we're just scared and lazy. 
well, I'm just praying until God shows me exactly what to do. And, and then when I hear God, I'll do it. And 12 years, I'm just praying. Exact, I, and, and we've done nothing. I know, it's gonna, I, might, I might rub the hair the wrong direction. But some of us Pentecostals, we use that as an excuse to not do anything. Well, if I just, do, do I believe God leads us? Yes, I believe that. But I believe right now, I believe His will and the Bible is like a, like a, like a stoplight. There are red lights and there are green lights and most of God's will can be found in the Word of God. See, here's, here, here's the thing. What we really are looking for direction with is what I call the non-ethical decisions in life. God's told us what type of person to be. He's told us how to live life. We're just wanting to know, well, should I be a doctor? Should I be a lawyer? Should I go to this church? Should I go to that church? Should I do this or should I do that? And I think sometimes God goes, pick. Pick. It has no ethical and moral implications. You might say, well, Mark, come on. I mean, come on. I, I'm Pentecostal. I've got to sense the peace and I've got to sense this. And, 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 I, and I say, do you always have to have peace about everything? Or could it be that God is going, grow up. Do something. In fact, I want to throw it out there. Maybe we should not sit here. Maybe we should do something. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of God. And I know that's going to steer some things up, because I, but, but I, I'm convinced, and I said a little bit this morning, I'm convinced sometimes, here's the deal. Here's what I love. I, I love this church. I, I enjoy, I'm proud of this church. We have 87 churches in the Assemblies of God, and I think you're the only one that in the last two years has planted two churches. Well, I don't know how to plan a church. Let's pray about it. Let's put a strategic plan together and let's make it happen. No! Just do it. Step out and do it. You know, well, I've never, I've never, you know, I didn't know how to be a parent. I didn't read all the parenting books. I'm, I try to read a parenting book every year and a marriage book every year. But you know something? I didn't have to understand everything about marriage before I started marriage. I didn't know how to understand how to read God's Word and interpret the Word of God to be the man of God that I was supposed to be so God would give me a woman of God and we could have children for God. Now, am I messing with your theology? I hope I am. Now, because I, I, I'm just... I, I, I've been around way too many of us Pentecostals who are waiting for the neon sign to go across the sky and the dove to show up in our bedroom and speak to us. Meanwhile, the Mormon church is forcefully advancing. Now, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 13. And I, I want to give you what I would call the yellow light. See, there, see, there's red lights and there's and there's and there's green lights. And then I, I, I call it the yellow light issues, the non-ethical, non-moral decisions. There are choices you can make. How do I know what choice to make? I don't know what choice to make. I don't know if I should do something. And I, I'm just convinced enough. And I'll, I, we need to step out and move. And there's a passage and a story that gives handlebars to how do we make this? Mark, you're saying we shouldn't always just 
sit and do nothing. We should make some step out. Well, what's that look like? And I want, I want to show you a passage that I believe brings some revelation, some insight into this. And, and uh, I hope I do the Word of God due diligence here. Second, or First Samuel chapter 13. And uh, we, we, we come on to the plane of history here in First Samuel chapter 13 where there, there are, uh, uh, we'll start with verse number 19 of chapter 13. Not a blacksmith could be found in the whole land of Israel because the Philistines had said, otherwise the Hebrews will make swords and spears. They couldn't find a what? A blacksmith. A blacksmith was someone who made swords, who sharpened swords. And the Philistines said, you know something, let's take the blacksmiths out of the picture here. Because if there's no blacksmiths, there's no swords. If there's no swords in Israel, then we overcome Israel. And I'm convinced that, 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 that a blacksmith is someone who is skilled or crafted. His, his, his craft is is sharpening the sword and, and wielding the sword. And I believe that we need preachers in America, people who can take a sword and sharpen it and rightly divide it and open it up for the world to see and hear like they never have before. Because the Word of God is the sole thing we need. It's a living letter for dying people who need to know how to live. The Word of God. The blacksmiths were the sword sharpeners. And, and it goes on, it says, verse 20, So all of Israel went down to the Philistines to have their plowshares, uh, uh, maddoxes, axes, sickles sharpened. The price was two-thirds of a shekel. They're having to go to the enemy to have the enemy sharpen their sickles. The price was two-thirds, and, and it goes on for sharpening the forks and the axes and reporting the goads. Verse 22, so on the day of the battle, not a soldier was Saul and Jonathan had a sword or spear in his hand. Only Saul and his son Jonathan had them. So how many swords were there? Two. Two swords in all of Israel. Chapter, uh, verse 23 says, now the a detachment of Philistines had gone out to the pass at Michmash. The word Michmash means hidden. Ever had to cross through a place of hiddenness? Verse 1. I love, I love the Hebrew language. In fact, I get gospel goose pimples sometimes as I'm doing word studies. You know, I, I love word studies. You ever, you ever just had the word? I mean, I'm just kind of a nerd herd. I'll, I'll open up my Bible and I'll be reading something and I have to go to my blueletterbible.org on, on, on the internet because I've got to find out what the Greek or Hebrew nuance is and what it means. It's like, ah, no way. Um. One day, Jonathan, son of Saul, said to his young man bearing his armor, Come, let's go over the Philistine outpost on the other side. But he did not tell his father. Verse 2. Saul was staying on the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree in Migron. With him were about 600 men, among whom was Ahijah, who was wearing an ephod, he was the son of Ichabod's brother, Ahitub, son of Phinehas. Um, you know, I, I, I know that you're pregnant. There's some great word names right there for some babies, okay? I, I'm, you know, not sure what you're looking for here, but Ahitub, if it's a son, is a great name. Um, Ichabod, I'd steer away from that. Jezebel, if it's a girl, not a good name. Um, but but, but, but it, it, Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's servant in Shiloh. No one was aware that Jonathan had left. Now, you have to picture this. 
Saul, Saul called for the priest, and had and the priest came, and they're they're under a pomegranate tree, migron. That just makes me think of a migraine. It just hurts me thinking about it. Okay, they're they're in this place called migron. And, and they're not sure if they should migrate on. They're just stuck right here. And so, so, so they have two swords. Okay, they have two swords. There's a Philistine detachment that's gone above them. They're, they're, they're in a valley. If they want to cross and go over the valley, they've got to, they got to go past the, 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 the Philistine outpost. And here they are, the Israelites. They don't know what they should do. They only have two swords because the Philistines have killed all the blacksmiths. And there's two swords in all of Israel. And Jonathan says to his armor bearer, hey. Maybe you text message him. Hey, dude. Come over here. Let's go up to the detachment of the Philistines. Let's cross over, go over there. Meanwhile, dad's over here with Ahijah, the high priest, wearing the ephod. If you look at the Old Testament, the ephod was what the priest wore when they wanted to know the mind of God about a situation. So... Here's, here's Saul. Grab 600 people there in church. Oh, God, I want to know your will. It's not bad to pray for God's will. We need to pray for God's will. But there's times we pray for God's will because everything on the physical doesn't add up. We only have two swords, God. There's a whole lot of people out there. What's your will? Nothing wrong. However, I want to show you that perhaps there's another way of looking at things here. Um, uh, see, see, Jonathan looks over. And see, verse 4 says, On each side of the pass that Jonathan intended to cross to come reach, to reach the Philistine outpost was a cliff. One was called Bozes, the other Sina. Verse 5, One cliff stood to the north, the other Michmash, uh, toward Michmash, the other toward the south of Geba. Verse number 6. Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, Come, let's go over to the outposts of those uncircumcised fellows. Perhaps the Lord will act on behalf of us. Nothing can hinder the Lord from many or by few. What's he saying? Does he know what God's going to do? He doesn't know what God's going to do. But let me tell you, I believe the first step to discerning God's will in your life in the will of direction and the area where it's not black or white, it's yellow, and you're not really sure, should I go there, should I not go there? And the Bible doesn't always tell us if we should go there or not. It just tells us the type of person we need to be when we go there. Number one, write this down, and I'm a pragmatist, and I'm a little more proactive. I'm a choleric. Let's, let's start and then figure out what we do when we get it going, but that's just who I am. Number one, God can't steer a parked car. God can't steer a parked car. Nowhere in my scriptures do I read. Does God come to Joshua and say, Joshua, I want you to stand by this river until the moon comes in alignment with a blip that goes across carrying a, a, a vinyl banner that says go. He says the moment you step into that river. He says everywhere you put your foot, I will give you. And he goes on in, in, in Joshua 1. We know it so well. It, it, you know, every, you know st- step out. God's going to give you success, but meditate on the Word of God day and night. And be careful to do everything in it, and then you'll be prosperous and successful. In fact, if you look up the word success in the Old Testament, 
success and prosper. There's two Hebrew words for success and prosper in the Old Testament. You'll find those words five times in that one verse of chapter six and, or chapter one verses eight and nine uh, of Joshua. You'll be prosperous and successful. You know what to do. And you'll, okay, you'll find it five times. One of the words means you'll know what to do. It's, it's, oftentimes, it's the same word you'll see interpreter wisdom. Anyone want wisdom? Wisdom in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, success had nothing to do with money. It had to do with wisdom, knowing what to do. The second part of success was you'll do what you know to do. How many of you guys want to do what you know to do? But he's saying, step out everywhere you put your, your foot, I'll give you, but you've got to step out. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered of God. It doesn't say the standing. In fact, I'm convinced of this. And, and, and I, in fact, I'm writing a book right now on youth ministry. And a third of my book is on this one thought. Motion brings clarity. Or the steps of righteous man are ordered of God. You won't receive clarity on something until you step out. You've got to step out. You, you won't. You, so sometimes we want to know. See, here's the, we want to know all the information before we step out. And by that time, God says, is it faith or sight you walk by? We walk not by sight, but by faith. And I'm God can't. So here's Jonathan going. I I don't know if I should go up there or not. I just don't know. Some of you are in those decisions. Right? I don't know if I should make this decision. Or I, I've met students. I don't know if I should go to this college or this college. And I'm a pragmatist. The wrong guy to ask. Which one's offering the most scholarship money? <laughs> My God is big enough. My God's big enough that he can he can he can write the checks and he can do those things. Which one's got the best education for where you're gonna for what you want to do someday? Well, I don't know if I should be a doctor or a lawyer. Well, what do you want to do? God gives you desires of your. I've met people waiting for God to for God to give them this big green light on what to do, and I think sometimes God's going, just go do it. But we Pentecostals, but I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't have the gospel goose pimples God gave me last time. And I like to feel the best of them, guys. Okay? I, 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 I'm, I'm Pentecostal all the way. I love, to, I, I love to sense God, feel God. I love the ecclesiastical nudads that go up and down my spine and the gospel goose pimples and the, the El Shundais. I love all that. But I also, I also believe that we could advance the kingdom more if we just got up and started moving. God can't steer apart. N- n- number two, act on the last orders you received. Saul's God, I just don't know, God. Well, all we've got is two swords. I ought to know your will. Well, the last time I learned, man, God spoke to the Israelites to drive out the inhabitants of the land. And you're still messing with the Philistines because someone over here didn't finish the job that God sent you out. Go finish the job. Well, all we have is two swords, God. Well, that brings up the third point. The third point is this. It might not add up, but it lines up. It might not add up, but it lines up. 
but, but God, I, I, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. What's his word say? Go back to the word. There are things that doesn't make sense. What do you mean? We're going to buy another building. My goodness. Is the church over there in Anchorage going to be able to pay for the building? Well, is it a church in Anchorage and a church in Wasilla or is it a church of Jesus Christ that has a ex- local expression in Wasilla and a local expression in Anchorage? Jonathan said to his young army, come, let's go over the outpost of those uncircumcised fellows. I like how he puts it in frame. They're uncircumcised. They're not what we are. That's a great name to call your friends at school if they're not. Okay. Um, Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. We don't know what God's going to do yet. But if we sit here, we'll never know what God's going to do. If we just sit here. Let's step out and see what God does. Let's just see. Well, Mark, I don't know if I should do this job or this job or this job. If you're unemployed, put applications out everywhere. And the first person that hires you is probably God's will. Because it's not God's will that you should let any debt remain outstanding. So get a job and pay your bills. Well, I... I, But... uh, Pay your bills. I had someone come to me, Mark, I just, I just, you know, and this guy was asking for money for this project he's doing. And I said, do you have a job? He says, no. I said, why are you asking me for money that I worked on my job to pay for, your, pay for you because you don't want to get a job because God, you don't, you, you. Okay, I won't go there. It might not add up, but it lines up. And number four, see, let's read on. It says, do, do all, verse seven, do all that you have in your mind, the armor bearer said to him. Go ahead. I'm with you, heart and soul. I love that. We need some people that are with us, heart and soul. You got my heart. You got everything in me. I'm behind you. That's what your pastor needs. Your pastor needs some people that are heart and soul. I'm with you 100%. You might not understand. Well, I just think it's crazy. He has to do all that stuff on Sunday and have a whole other church. Well, then why don't you go do it with him and quit complaining? I love you, Pastor Bracken, if you aren't listening. Okay. Verse 8, Jonathan said, come then, let's cross over toward the men and let them see us. If they say to us, if, see, he said if, if they say to us, wait, there until we come to you, we'll stay where we're at and not go up to them. But if they say, come up to us, we will climb up because that will be our sign. The Lord has given them into our hands. What is he saying? I don't know everything, but God, we're going we're gonna to throw some fleeces out there, although you can't, you know, but God, we're going to step out and begin to move. But as we begin to move, God, we, we, we need some confirmation. We need some, we, need some, we need some things to line up here, God. We're not sure. And he says, if they say, come on up, we're staying here. If they don't say, come on up, that'll be our sign. God is giving them into our hands and we're going to run up and take them by storm. And they only have one sword with them because Saul has the other. So point number four, for you analytical type that want four points. Trust Him when you can't trace Him, and He will fill in the lines. Trust Him 
I'm a cliche guy, okay? So I try to preach sometimes and put cliches out there so we remember them. But trust him when you can't trace him, and he'll fill in the lines. Trent, was it a step of faith when you stepped and hopped in your car and moved to Alaska? You're like, okay, God, we're going to trust you. We can't always trace you right now. We're licking our finger, kind of figuring out where the wind's blowing. But hey, you know, but you step out and, and, and you make a commitment. Every wedding I do, I say you first make a commitment, then that commitment makes you. You step up. You, 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 you trust him. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted or tested or tried beyond what you can bear. He is faithful. God is faithful. He is trustworthy. And here's the deal. You don't always have to have all the facts in place. Just trust that he will go with you. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He, 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 he goes with you. He goes before you. And I'll tell you right now, if the, 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 problem, the problem before you is not as big as the God behind you. And so step out and take some holy risks for Jesus. I'm convinced that, that we would see bigger things happen if we took bigger risks. Hey, I, I got an idea. Let's plant a church in Anchorage. Let's have another rent payment. Yeah, another mortgage payment. That's called risk. And I'm, I'm convinced God steps up to risk. Not stupidity, but risk. Risk that comes from faith. The kingdom of God forcefully advances and forceful people take hold of it. Not timidity. Not timid people, not shy people, not people have to have it all figured out before they start. Church, you don't have to have it all figured out before you step out. Trust Him when you can't trace Him, and He'll fill the lines, and he, he, He's going to do that. And, and I, 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 it's like, I, I, I went to, I, I went to uh, on, on a United States track tour to Europe in high school. I, I was an All-American, and, I, and, I, and so... About 30, 30 of us went on a, on, a, on a United States track tour to Europe, and I, we were over in Europe for a month racing in different, different nations, and, and uh, we were in England, and we went to Birmingham, England. And, and uh, I, I was in Birmingham, England, and I watched the, the, uh, a blind man set the world record in the 100-meter dash. And I remember, it was, it was just, it was such an amazing, amazing thing to be a part of, and, and, and uh, they had everyone sit down on the inside if they were in the infield or, and have everyone sit down in the stands. Not that he could see if you're sitting down or not. But um, and they had everyone be quiet. And a blind man got on the blocks at the end of the runway. And there was a, someone with a quiet, very silent, one of those real quiet uh, golf carts in front. And, and, and the, the judge, whatever they call him, the adjudicator, the, the gun shooter I call him. The gun shooter said, On your, runners take your, runner, take your mark, get set. And he shot the gun, and the blind man began to run. And the only thing he could see, he couldn't see anything. He listened for the clap of the guy on the back of the golf cart, which was clapping. And the gentleman listened to the clap, even though he didn't know which direction to go. He knew the clap. He learned the clap. He learned to trust that his that, that somebody was going to clap and he was going to run in, in the same direction as the clap. And, and there's times 
You're going, I just, God, I want to know your will. And God says, listen for the clap. Open up the, the word of God is the biggest clapper there is, okay? Open up the word of God. It'll show you which way to walk in, the type of person. Again, it's not so much exactly the non-moral, non-ethical things, the things, well, I don't know if I should do this or that. God's more concerned about the type of person we are. How we do something and why we do something than what we do. And there are some of us that we, we get paralyzed. I don't know, God, if I should do this or that. And God goes, just do something. Something. Please do something. I, I love the prophetic. I love the prophetic word. I love to receive prophetic words. But what I don't like is when a prophetic word has been given and we sit back and don't pursue what has been spoken over us. And 13 years later, we're still waiting for something to happen and we haven't done anything because we're... And at that point, I think, I think that's shameful that we haven't done anything because it doesn't... Step out. Do something. Be a Peter. Step out of the boat. Yeah, you might get water up your nose, but at least you stepped out of the boat and did something. Now, they trusted him when they couldn't trace him, and they're, 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 they're crawling up. The, and, and verse 11 says, so the both of them showed themselves to the Philistines. <laughs> I picture my daughters loaning them their little Barbie tutus. You guys ever seen little Barbie play sets, dress-up clothes, little plastic shoes? And I, I, just, I just see my girls saying, hey, here. And they put on little pink, little pink out uniforms on top of their army uniforms. And, ha, yes. I, sorry, but I, that's the world I live in. So the both of them put on their little pink tutus for their daughters and showed themselves to the Philistine outpost. Look, ha. Said the Philistines, the Hebrews are crawling out of the holes. They're hiding it. The men of the outpost shouted to Jonathan and his armor bearer, Come up to us and we'll teach you a lesson. So Jonathan said to his armor bearer, Climb up after me. The Lord has given them into our hand. Verse 13. Jonathan climbed up using his hands and feet. Now it could appear that, I, it could appear that I'm a little opinionated on God's will. <laughs> Because I, I come, maybe come across that way, real pragmatic. But you know something, I, I, to, to, to risk that, I, I guess I'm trying to spur the church to just do something. But it says, at this point, this is where it comes back to, we must learn how to crawl before we walk. Because it says they got on their hands and their knees, and they crawled up to the top of the hill. I don't want to be thought of as someone who's got some strong opinions or thoughts on the will of God without, without saying, listen, you still have to spend some time bathing everything you do in prayer, but you can't just not do nothing. They got on their hands and their knees and they begin to crawl and they begin to walk, march up the mountain on their hands and their knees. And I've always, I've always told students this, learn how to crawl before you learn how to walk. Our kids do that. Our kids learn how to crawl, then they learn how to walk, and they learn how to run. 
And so get on your hands and knees, and as you do that, trust him when you can't trace him. He'll fill the lines in, and, and God can't steer a parked car. Begin to do something. Now, I, w- I want to close with a few thoughts. Uh, five, four things that we know is God's will. Number one, it's God's will that we live a holy life. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3, it says it's his will. In fact, turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter, chapter 3. And 1 Thessalonians, in case you're not sure where it's at, it's right after second, right before Second Thessalonians. And so I'm going to take some time to get 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse number 3. It says this. It says in verse 3, it is God's will. Say, God's will. It is God's will that you should be sanctified. Sanctified means set apart. It means without mixture. You should be sanctified. I always tell students, get sanctified, not French fried. Okay. Um, meet the maker, meet the baker. You know, so we're gonna, you know, um, but, but get sanctified that you should avoid sexual immorality. Each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that's holy and honorable. Holiness is God's will. And, and may I be as honest to say, God's more concerned about you living this scripture right here out as into what state you're going to live in. Location-wise. Because if you could live here and say, and not be holy, he could care less. He wants you to be holy more than he wants you to do a specific job and live in a specific state or location. It is God's will that you're holy. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. The second thing God's will is. In fact, we'll go there. Chapter 5, verse 16. It says, Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. He wants you to be full of joy. He wants you to pray continually. He wants you to give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will. He's more concerned about your worship lifestyle and your lifestyle of joy and thanksgiving and, and, and continual prayer than he is about, again, the maze you think is out there sometimes. Colossians chapter 1. Turn there with me. Colossians chapter 1. That's right after Ephesians. Right after Philippians. It's right before Thessalonians chapter. Okay, Colossians chapter 1. We're going we're to pick up in verse number 9. It says, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we've not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with his, the knowledge of His will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please Him in everywhere, bearing fruit in every good work Growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with His power. He, he wants us to bear fruit so we can know Him better. Why? God wants us to walk in. He wants us to bear fruit so we can know Him better. And in knowing Him better, we know what His will is. See, here's the thing. In my relationship with my wife, I found something out. The more I love my wife, the more I want to know my wife. And the more I know my wife, the more I want to love her. And the more I love her, the more I want to know her. And the more I know her, the more I realize there's certain things that the Bible doesn't say is God's will or not. 
But I've learned really quick it's not the will of Heidi to do in my house. I've learned that my wife doesn't, my, my wife, my, my wife likes it that when the toilet seat is put back down. That's the will of Heidi in my house. And I tell her, honey, the reason I don't put the toilet down, seat down, is because that my prehistoric, my prehistoric, uh, you know, the, the generations ago, those who had to fight and overtake the family, they didn't put the toilet seat down because they were concerned about people coming and raping and pillaging villages while they were putting toilet seats down. So I, I'm going to make sure I... No, that's not why. That doesn't work in my house, okay? Um, I can't say it's because of the, just the, you know, the, the, never mind. It's not where we are, it's who we are that's more important. And number four, Ephesians chapter, chapter five. Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 17. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music to the Lord. You might say, well, brother's wife, it says wine right there. It doesn't say, you know, Alaskan, you know, ale or something like that. You know, it, it's... I, I, Well, I don't know why brother brother Bracken comes down so hard. I'm just I'm I'm assuming he's a little bit like me and he comes down pretty hard on this no alcohol thing at all. Well, Jesus turned water into wine. Well, yeah, why don't you study the Greek and really get into the different levels of of, of grapes that are out there? You what you can do that if you want, okay? But uh, but but here's the deal. Don't it's not God's will you should get drunk with wine. In those days, wine was the intoxicating beverage that was out there that could mar someone's vision and, and change how they think. If it was written today, it would be written with, don't allow any substance that will, that, that will take away from your clarity of thought and vision. Don't allow that into your life, but rather let the Holy Spirit be the influence in your, in your life. You know, because well, I don't know brothers why. Shush up. Get, look in this thing. This thing's pretty clear. God wants you to be influenced by the Spirit of God. That is His, his will. Not, not things, substances out there that can mirror or mar our moral judgment. See, there is so much. We could, we could spend all night and look at all the different things where it says His will is. I, I'm, no, this thing right here is His will. My question is, to, to us as Pentecostals is this. Do we put as much emphasis on this as we do on our feelings? Because I'll tell you right now, when we stand before God, it doesn't matter what we felt about His Word. It matters if we did His Word. And, and, and I look back at my life, there are times I think I waited for the right feeling, the right sense, or the right whatever. And, and God wasn't as convinced about that or concerned about that as He was. Am I the right person? Now, does God lead in, in extra 
it, it, it with senses and feelings, absolutely. But you know, something there's something called fool's gold, and I I wouldn't want to base my biggest decisions on life based upon feelings. I want the biggest decision in my life based upon the red and the green, the yes and the no's, the black and the white, and the gray issues, the things that aren't spoken. The Bible's pretty clear on how the the type of person I am to be when I do that. Does that make sense? My prayer is this. My prayer and, and, and is that we would begin to dive in and say, God, I want to know your will, but Lord, I want to know your decree. I want to know what you've spoken over my life. I, 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 I truly believe this, and this, this is my closing statement, is that we only know God's will to the degree we know his word. In fact, you only love God to the degree you love his word. Because this is his blueprint for our life and for our marriage. And there are some of us in here, and, 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 and this year has been one of the, if I can be vulnerable, probably the best year for my devotional life in my, in my history of my 39 years of life. I've been on the Bible through a year program. I read a book uh, by Wayne Cordero, a small church of 14,000 people in, in New Hope in Hawaii, called The Divine Mentor. He talks about in that book, he, he has a devotional lifestyle called The Soap Journal. You guys ever heard of The Soap Journal? And, and, and I know Hannah, Hannah's been a part of it. I've been doing my soap journals. And, and The Soap Journal is, I read, I read through the Bible through a year, the, the daily reading. And, and the goal is, to, I want to read it and retain it. But the goal is, is to let the Word of God be my divine mentor. How many of you know the Holy Spirit wants to bring to remembrance the Word you, that was written? He wants to speak through His Word. That Daniel can mentor us. David's mistakes can mentor us and speak to us and teach us and, and begin to give us wisdom and guidance. And so as I read the Word, I, I, I say, and, and I, I'll be reading it, and I'll say, God, I want a scripture or two to jump off the page this morning at me, and I want them to speak to me. And, 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 and the other day I was going through a hard time, and I was reading Job chapter 5, verse 6, and it says, As sure, troubles, as, sure as troubles fly upwards, uh, or sparks fly upward, trouble's going to come in your life, but if I were you, I'd lay my cause before Christ to work miracles you can't fathom. And a week or two earlier, I was reading in Romans, in Romans chapter 15, it says, it says, it says, God is the source of all hope. He'll give you peace and joy and, and give you overwhelming hope. And two days later, I'm in the office and our, and our administrator, our, 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 our receptionist found out her husband had cancer and she comes and we prayed for her. And it was the very day I'd read that God's the source of all hope when I said, Judy, God is the source of all hope. He brings perfect joy and peace in the name of Jesus. And I prayed the scriptures over her. And, 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 and so I look for one verse that jumps off, one scripture that jumps off. And the O for, for soap is observations. God, what are some observations I can pull for what was the Holy Spirit want to let me see from this passage? And then the A for soap is application. How does this word apply to my life today? And then P is for prayer. How do I pray this? And a verse I got the other day, about maybe four or five days ago now, was in Proverbs chapter 22, where it says, A lazy man says, I can't go outside because there's a lion there and I might get killed. And I look at that and I think, there's a lion outside? Sweet, I'm going to go kill it. 
because there's a group of people too lazy to go kill it. And I'd rather be known as a lion killer than a lazy man. What's God's will? (laughs) I don't know. You want to be lazy or kill a lion? Well, I don't know if it's God's will that I kill a lion. Well, it's not God's will that your neighbor gets killed by the lion, so why don't you go kill it? I want to know the word. I want to know what I want to know God like I've never known God. I want him to, to be my divine mentor and I want the Holy Spirit to speak to me through his word so I can begin to be the man of God called. It's not I, in fact, let me it's not the call to know but to be. The disciples in Acts chapter 1 say, hey, we want to know the times and the dates set before the Father. And, and Jesus said, it's not for you to know the times and dates my Father set, but the Holy Spirit will come upon you so you can be my witnesses. Not do witnessing, but be. It's not the call to know all the answers, but to be. Who are you going to be when all hell breaks loose in your home? What's God's will? You be the man and the woman of God, and you do things the way the Bible says for you to do things. That's what you are. When the rain comes and the floods run and and the winds blow, uh, the man who built his house upon the rock, that's the man that's going to stand. If there are storms over the roof, storms under the roof, you build your house upon the rock. If you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, pick the rock. But the rock's the Word of God. So I want to ask you today, how is your, because it just begs the question, how is your devotional life? How is your Word time? Because some of it's not very good. Some of us, some of all of us are. In, I, I, we're, we're all in a process. I, I I know that, but I can tell you, I sense so greatly the greatest need in the church of God today is not another sense or a feeling for the next little wave. That we, it's it's are we reading the Word of God and getting our direct commands from the Commander and Chief, the Divine Mentor of all man. Would you stand with me all across this place? In fact, I'm just going to do this tonight. I'm going to open up these altars, and we're just going to, we're going to spend some time in prayer. But would you come? There are some of you in here. I spoke it this morning. The man who was given five talents, he went out and he, he went to work and gained five more. He began to develop some things. And I want to release some of you. There, there are books inside of some of your minds. You might say, well, I don't know if I'll ever be John Bevere and write all those books. I don't care, but there are people that need your book, maybe. Well, I... Start writing. There are songs inside of some of you. There are Sunday school classes inside of some of you. Well, I just don't know if I felt feel lead. Go to your tackle box for fishing and grab some lead. Grab a hold of it and feel it. And then start teaching classes. I don't know if I should... I don't know if I... I, I just don't sense if I should tithe. I'm always, I'm always scared of those people who just say, I don't feel like it's God's will that I tithe. I, I want to slap them. I just want... I want to, I'm, I'm sorry, Miss Karen. I, I just want to... I, I want to slap them so hard because that's... That, It's not a yellow light issue. That's a decree. 
And it's His desire to bless us. If you're looking for the will of direction on that, you've already, you've already tried to trump God's decree. You can't do that. But if you're in this place and say, God, I want to I live your word like I've never lived your word. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to be a man and a woman of holiness or a young person of holiness. I'm just going to open these altars. Would you come spend some time saying, God, I want to be the right man. I want to be the right woman. Would you just come to this altar? We're going to spend some time. and We'll, we'll, I, I, we'll probably pray for some, for some, some folks in a moment and, and maybe... Uh, be, just begin to pray for some for God to give some clarity and some issues. Some of you maybe you you you're at that place where you do need clarity. You're not sure exactly what the next step looks like. Well, well, maybe God's just wanting tonight for you to be free to step out and begin to do something. God, I pray in the name. Some of you in here, you've been there's been a sense or a stir about 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 what God's next step for your life is and you're, there's this fear that's kept you back. Lord, I break off fear in Jesus' name. God, I pray for freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom, Lord. Jesus. Jesus. God, I pray right now. There are, there, there are, I just sense in my spirit that some of you in here, you're, you're seeking that. There's a couple options available to you right now. And, and, and it's, it's, it's like, which one do I pick? I, I just want to speak this over you. God trusts you. God trusts you. And you've been going, I just don't want to make the wrong decision. And I, I, I'm here to say, I, I feel like God just says, I trust you. Make the one that seems the smartest to you. Pick it. I don't that makes sense to anybody in here, but God just says, I trust you. He trusts you, ma'am. Sir, he trusts you. Others, you, you've, there's, been a, there's been a stirring inside your spirit and you just know something. Your, your knower just knows this is what I'm supposed to do. But fear has kept you back. In fact, I keep coming back to fear. Who in here would say fear has kept me from stepping out and doing something? Just, just wave your hand real high if that's you. Just come right in front. That, well, there's a bunch of you right now. Fear, just, just come right up here in front. Just come right here in front. We Pentecostals, and I'll just go, I'm, I'm saying we. We Pentecostals put way too much emphasis on our emotions again. Fear is what? Fear is not of God. So sometimes we'll go, I, I, and, and that's where I say, you know, I remember the, the movie Iron Will? There's a statement that maybe you didn't watch the movie. It's a great movie where, 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 where somebody had lost some dogs in a dog sled that went through some ice or whatever. And, and, and someone was said, told the gentleman with the dogs, just face your fears. Just face them. And I always tell people, face your fears and fix it. Just, just do it. Well, what if it's the wrong move? What if it's the right move? God's will is not a corn maze or tightrope. Step, just step into your destiny. 
I, I, I think one of the greatest things facing this young adult culture right now is why I just want to make sure it's God before I step out. And I say step out. If you're serving God with all your heart, all your passions, all your mind, he, he, he's, he's not going to slap you because you stepped out. He might be waiting for you to step out. If you've had fear, just lift your hands. And I'm going to pray right now. I rebuke. The, the Bible says perfect love casts out fear. Lord, I come against fear in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray you would release your people, your sons and your daughters from fear. God, let them step out with love, with a clear mind. In Jesus' name. I just read two days ago in my soap journals and my devotions. Paul said there were battles on the outside and battles on the inside. God, I just pray right now that you would help us overcome the battles on the inside. That God, you'd give us wisdom and clarity. That God, you would, that, that, that God, we'd meditate on your word day and night so we would be able to know what to do and you'd grant us success and prosperity. We'd know what to do and we'd do it. God, give us wisdom and then give us follow through in Jesus' name. What's your name? Pat. So I was praying, Pat. I don't know if you're the analytical type that has to figure everything out. or I just sense that you, you like to have things figured out. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, that uncomfortableness that you're getting sometimes, is it's not... It, it, it's... The picture I get, Pat, is, is the picture of the prophet who's by the brook. And, and the, raven brought him, the ravens brought him bread, and, and he drank from the brook, and the ravens brought him bread. But then there's a day where the ravens quit bringing him bread, and the brook dried up. And, and God dried the brook up, and God quit bringing the ravens because God wanted to stir that prophet to move. And, 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 and he was stirring the prophet because God's next step for the prophet was a whole new anointing in ministry where he, he then walks into the, the, the widow's house of the prophet and, and, and the oil just keeps pouring out. And, and the uncomfortable, uneasy fear that you're feeling right now is because God's, God's messing with you. He's stirring some things because he has, he has another... He, he has, a, a greater anointing for you to walk in, but you can't stay where you're at for him to walk free for you to walk into that. And and he's and, he, and he's stirring some things up like a mother eagle pulls the nest apart because he's got he's got a greater anointing for you to walk into, but you can't. So so he's pushing you, not not pushing you on from here, but pushing. Pu- I, what I'm sensing is he's pushing you forward, making you uncomfortable because he's trying to, he's trying to do something new in you. So he has to do something to you to get something in us to happen. I don't know if that makes any sense, but he's stirring some things and that fear of. Watch as God begins to give you wisdom and insight and direction. And, and in the still small voice in the morning or in the evening, whenever you do your devotions, God's going to begin to give you wisdom and insight. Lord, I pray for Pat. I pray just for a, God, just for a new anointing on this man of God. I pray, God, for a new wisdom. 
He says, now watch as I begin to do more and more and more. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of God. Watch as I order your steps. I'll put desires in you. I'll put, I'll, I'll, I'll put urges and, 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 and just this, uh, this holy, the, the holy hunches. The prophetic side of, our, of, of, of walking in Christ. The, the part that says God. God's going to begin to give you desires he's going to begin to give you dreams and visions to begin to show you how, how to walk in a new a new anointing i thank you for that jesus i thank you for that lord jesus lord i thank you for that god who who is who in here has multiple choices. It's like it's like you have multiple choices and you're paralyzed to make a decision because of the multiple choices. Does that make sense to anybody? Does that make sense to anybody? Sylvia, okay, I looked over and you were, you were shaking your head when I said that. A couple of you guys. Um, ma'am, God, God trusts you. And I don't know if there's the fear of, well, I just want to make sure it's God. Well, you're a godly woman. Watch as God begins to. In fact, in fact, I don't think He's going to take away the other options. He's going to let you pick. Yeah, but if He doesn't take away all of them, it's okay. The steps of a righteous lady are ordered of God. You just keep walking. You keep walking. He'll open some doors. He'll close some doors. But you know something? I just hear He says, "I trust you, ma'am. I trust you. I trust you." He trusts us. So, Lord, we trust you. Jesus. Let's just worship right now with our brother Micah. Let's just lift our hands and begin to worship. Jesus. Oh, Lord. Oh, Rabbi.
begin to pray right now that God would just let this, let, let, let the book, the Word of God, become like a pop-up storybook. Just begin to pray, God, would you, would you let the Word, let, give me revelation as I read your book. As I read the book that you've, the, the road map for my life, the living letter, the, 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 the living sword, the active Word of God that's living and active. It's a sharper than any two-edged sword. God, would you divide our lives? Uh, our, God, God he, if we hide this Word in our heart, we'll live a life of purity, the Word of God says. God, we want Your words. So put Your... Put your hand, put your fingers over your eyeballs right now or on, on the sides of your temples by your eyes. And Lord, I pray in the name, just begin to pray, God, would you let these eyes see things in the Word that you want to be revealed. God, we want to know your will for our life like we never have before. We want to live your Word like we never lived before in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for that, God. God, we want to see things we've never seen. We want the divine mentors of old to begin to speak to us, God. Let the Jeremiah speak to us, God. Oh, God, may Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, speak to depression in the state of Alaska in Jesus' name. May we be mentored by a man who understood emotional pain like Jeremiah did, God. God, may we step out and be radical and proclaim things like Isaiah. Would you show us, would you speak to us from Isaiah, God? Would you speak to us from the Pentateuch, the law, God? God, speak to us from David, God, and Daniel. and God, speak to us from Ruth, God. Teach us, show us. Put your hand on your ears and we're going to pray that God... That the Bible says that the sheep hear His voice. They know His voice. God, we pray that our ears would know Your voice. As we read the Word of God, we'd hear You like we've never heard You before. God, would You open our ears that we would hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us, God. God, we want supernatural revelation, God. We're not talking about the will of direction so much. It's God, we want to know the will of Your decree, God. We want to know what the Word of God has decreed for our life. We want to live in light of the Word of God. God, we want the Word of God to trump our emotions, God. We want the Word of God to trump our feelings. We want our feelings to, to come for what the Word of God says. God, we want this Word. We want this Word to make sense like it's never made sense. Now put your hand on your head right now. We're going to pray for understanding. God, would you give us understanding, Lord? God, would you give us understanding when we read your word? Would you illuminate to our hearts and to our minds? God, that we could contemplate. We could meditate on it day and night, God. God, give us the ability to understand your word. Not just to read it, but God. There are some of you in here right now. God is healing your mind. Some of you, because of perhaps drugs or, or, or maybe you were born with learning disabilities and it's hard for you to understand the Word at times. Lord, I pray for a healing right now in minds across this place. In Jesus' name, God, restore memory, restore clarity. God, short-term and long-term memory, God. 
God, I pray that they'd begin to dissect your word and understand it like they never have before, God. God, let the pieces begin to come together in a line and begin to make sense like it never has before, Jesus. I thank you for that, God. Now I'm going to ask you to do something. It might sound weird. I'm going to ask you to put your, house, your hand on your mouth in a minute. And here's the reason why. Because the word meditate literally means, it's in, the, in the Hebrew, it's almost like chewing, chewing grass like, like, like a cow chews its cud. A cow has multiple stomachs and they would cough it back up and chew it. I know it sounds weird, but that word in the Hebrew literally means to meditate. It's like chew, it's to slowly digest. In fact, in Ezekiel, God told Ezekiel to devour this scroll. To eat it. To eat it. So put your hand on your mouth. Lord, I pray as we devour this word, God, it would be it, it would become bread. It, would, it, it is a living bread. It is the bread of life, God. Give us this day our daily bread. I don't think it just speaks of our daily needs. I, I believe it speaks to that, that Jesus was the bread of life. God... I pray that we would chew on the Word of God. We would, we, we would gnaw on it, God. We, like, 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 God, I pray that it would become something that would give us substance. It would nourish us, Lord. Deepen our spirits. Deepen our souls. I thank You for that, God. And God, forgive us if we have... Forgive us, Lord, if we've not made your word a priority in our life. God, we want a relationship with you based upon who you are. And you reveal yourself to us through the word. So we want to know your word so we know you, God. Help us to do that, God. Just take a moment and and make a renewed commitment to stay in his word. To bathe yourself in his word. Lord, The Holy Spirit's one of His roles is to bring back to memory what You've said. And God, what You've said is in Your Word. So we want Your Word in our life so the Holy Spirit has something to bring back to remembrance, Lord. I thank You for that. Now grab the person's hand next to you on your right or left. And right now, begin to say, God, would You make them a a, a Word of God digester? A word of God, understander and reader. Just begin to pray for that right now. We know Him to the degree that we know His Word. God, I pray right now that there would, if there is an impartation tonight, let there be an impartation for the hunger for the Word of God which changes lives. Let there be a Holy Ghost hunger. Let there be a Holy Ghost uh, 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 fill, fill the famine of the blacksmiths in this land, God. God, I thank you there's a new blacksmith that's opened up a shop in Anchorage, Alaska, Lord. God, I thank you for the blacksmith that's opened up a shop, Father God, in Delta Junction, Lord. I thank you for that, God. Let the blacksmiths begin to rise up all over this city, God, all over in this church, Lord. God, we want a sword that's sharp. We want a Word of God that we can wield and carry, Lord. We want to rightly divide Your Word. 
We want to be workmen who study to show ourselves approved. We know how to rightly divide this word, Lord. I thank you for that, Jesus. God, I want to understand it. I want to know it so so we can speak it over people's lives and we can prophesy the Word of God over their life. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. I want to leave you with something, guys. I'm, I'm concerned at times. And I found myself at different times in my life seeking a prophetic word with a greater hunger than I do seeking this in the morning. And, and, and I've taught prophetic classes and I've taught books on how to interpret the Bible, but I'm always concerned when we've had more prophetic classes than we have books on how to interpret and read this thing in our life. You hear me? The prophetic should back up what's already in here. Okay? It's got to line up. It might, not add, it might not add up, but it lines up. Okay? Church, my prayer is there'd be such a hunger for this word right here. And hear my heart, I'm fully Pentecostal. I love prophesying, but the word of the Lord tonight to you is this. Get in His word. To get a word. Stand on the rock. Build your house upon the rock. This thing, the Word of God. We as Pentecostals have got to make sure this is our rock. This is our life. This is everything right here. This is everything. Does that make sense? Man, you guys are awesome. I love you. I'll tell my youth minister, my youth pastor, I love you, God loves you, and there's nothing you can do about it. So, I love you, God loves you, and there's nothing. Look at your neighbor and say, there's nothing you can do about it. I got a birthday card from my daughters the other day, and my daughter said, Daddy, we love you, God loves you, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. I want to recommend something, and... and I, I just I just gave away 12 books last week called The Divine Mentor. I gave them to all my section of my executive youth leadership team from all across the state. They flew in or drove in. And, and, and it, it, it's one of the most powerful books, solid biblical book. But I'll tell you right now, I, there, there's a few things I do every year. Every year I read a book on, on parenting. I, I read this. I, I go through the, my goal is to read through the Bible every year. That's my goal. And this year I am on target. But I read a book on parenting. I read a book on marriage. Every year I read a book on preaching. I read a book on devotions. And I read a book on creativity because I want to be creative. Okay? But I can tell you right now, the book I read this year on devotions has transformed how I see devotions. Because I don't just go as i got to read through my Bible right now. No. I want something to leap off the page at me and I want to spend I don't have to understand everything I read. I want I want one thing to speak to me and give me nourishment. And yesterday it was Paul said there's battles all around me but there's the battle of fear inside of me in Corinthians 2 Corinthians. And and I'm just picking these these truths up and I remember them cuz I'm applying them, I'm observing them and I'm praying over them and I remember these truths and then I have a table of contents so I can go back and I can tell you what I read the last 3 months. The topic that I picked up from. 
That's my prayer, church. And I believe we're prophetic people and we can have a word in due season that God speaks to us and it stays inside of here. Amen. I just want to let you know, Pastor Karen, I love your church. I love you and your husband. I love what you're doing. I love the fact you are moving out and taking risks and not caring who or what says anything about it. You're going to, you're going to forcefully advance the kingdom of God in Alaska. And I'm proud of you. I want this church to know that I believe in what you're doing. Pastor Barry, watch out. I don't know if they call you Pastor Barry or not, or they just call you Bishop Barry, or they call you Barry the, the, the Barry man. Um, but, uh, man, I just, I, I just, I'm proud of you and your wife. I see the kids you're raising up. My goodness. This summer we had an internship, and, and Hope was an amazing, amazing, amazing individual out there at Little Beaver Camp. And I love you. I'm proud of you, Hope. I believe in you. That girl right there, she's a pastor of a campus when she, before she graduated. Now she's going to go to, go to college, and she's going to pastor a whole college now. And then someday, watch out. Mother Teresa, move over. I know she already did move over, but hey, watch out. And we've got Hannah right next to her. I mean, I'm talking right now. Some of you guys would be smart if, at, when they get 32 to start to ask their parents if you can date them, okay? They can't date till they're 32. But those sharp young ladies right there, okay? That's good. Like I said, 32, okay? Um, my daughters, they're not even available till they're 42. Um, but... Uh, Fall in love with this word. That's what I want to leave you tonight. Guys, I don't want to. I, I could come and lay hands on you and have somebody get slain in the spirit. I want to leave you with a hunger for the word. Okay? Amen. Pastor Karen. Uh, you can make your way back to your seats. And we're going to close service, but I want to give you the opportunity to sow into um, Pastor Mark. Did you all receive something from the Lord tonight? That was a great word. So, ushers, if you could come, and those of you who want to give tonight, just put your hands up. Put a hand up. All right, let's bow our heads. I know that's not very much time, but you can write fast. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this offering. We pray, God, that you abundantly bless this wife clan. Bless them, God. Thank you for them. Thank you for the work they're doing here in the state. God, use them powerfully. Continue to use them powerfully, God. And, Lord, we just thank you for what you've done here tonight, God. Lord, let your word be like a fire that's shut up in our bones except we let it out. <laughs> And Lord, as your people go home tonight, God, may your word burn, 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 burn upon their hearts. Burn upon our hearts, oh God. Burn upon my heart. Bless your people tonight, God, as they go in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Ushers, you can go ahead and do the deal. See you Tuesday. Hallelujah.